This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And their cultural Marxist uh, supporters made complete asses of themselves yesterday at Kavanaugh's uh, Supreme Court confirmation hearings. And that's become the new norm for today's Democrats. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now, a journal of news, politics, and culture from a nationalist perspective. Well, I don't know if you caught it. Um, It was uh, entertaining, if nothing else. Uh, It was also very sad that uh, we have evolved so bad in our our governance that uh, the spectacle that took place yesterday at the judiciary hearings um, is sort of becoming the new norm because the Democrat Party has become an impotent um, captive to these cultural Marxists out on the far left. And yesterday we were treated to uh, all of these uh, uh, Democrat presidential hopefuls for 2020 trying to outdo each other in their, um, uh, their histrionics uh, in opposition to Brett Kavanaugh. Their, uh, their base, their far leftist base, uh, expects them to somehow stop Kavanaugh's confirmation. They don't have the vote, so all they can do is put up a, uh, um, a wild show. So we had uh, Kamala Harris uh, to begin with, followed by um, Ori Booker and uh, Richard Blumenthal and the, the whole cast of lunatic Democrat characters um, trying to um, obstruct the meeting, uh, going outside the rules of order, uh, behaving like uh, spoiled children and them from the gallery. We had all of these uh, these leftists screaming and carrying on and, and uh, uh, predicting the, the end of the world. I want to play you a clip here uh, just so you'll get uh, a flavor of, of what went down, and then we'll come back and, uh, and talk about it some. Good morning. I welcome everyone to this confirmation hearing on the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman. Brett Kavanaugh. Mr. Chairman to serve as Associate Justice Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized for a question States. before we proceed. Regular order, Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I'd hearing. like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night, less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You are out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I with extend this a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been Kavanaugh given an opportunity to have a meaningful his wife, hearing Ashley, on this nominee. There are two daughters. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, we received 42,000 documents that we haven't been able to review last night, and we believe this hearing should be postponed. I know this is an exciting day for all of you here, and you're rightly proud of the Mr. Chairman, if if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. The American people... Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. ...directly from Judge Kavanaugh later this afternoon... Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Mr. Chairman, we have been denied, we have been denied real access to the documents we need 
to advise Mr. Chairman, regular orders called for. which turns this hearing into a charade and a mockery of our norms. Yes, well, Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. There's today's Democrat Party, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the senators uh, wouldn't even allow the chairman of the committee to make his opening statement before they started their pre-planned, uh, pre-schemed uh, uh, efforts to try to obstruct. And then they had their um, their lunatics out in the gallery screaming and hollering. Judge Kavanaugh, you know, this is uh, sort of the peak of his uh, professional career. He had his two young daughters there to see this. And they ended up having to be uh, shuttled away uh, from the room because things got so uh, chaotic and really uh, ominous in the room. Uh, out, out in the gallery you had uh, this Linda Sansor character, this um, uh, feminist Muslim, feminist Sharia law supporting Muslim, if you can uh, reconcile that. She supports Sharia law that allows the uh, Muslim men to beat their wives and requires uh, them to cover their head and stay indoors and not go out without uh, being accompanied by a male relative. But she's a feminist. And you had all of these Hollywood actors uh, that were there uh, that uh, burst out into screaming and then quickly took to Twitter to brag about uh, they were part of the resistance. You know, it's um, it's it's really uh, kind of sad. We're sort of descending into third world nation type territory. You've probably seen on TV before, you know, where these uh, these parliaments and um, and governing bodies uh, in these third world nations will actually devolve into fistfighting, chair throwing, and and all of this uh, craziness, at, uh, um, you know, when they're trying to legislate, and we're we're uh, we're just about there um, in the uh, the United States Congress now. It was never intended to be like this, um, you know. We were uh, up until. Uh, Ted Kennedy's 1965 Immigration Act, a fairly homogeneous uh, population. Uh, we were uh, 90% white and about 10% black, and everybody shared uh, common values um, and uh, and uh, um, a set of beliefs. So the, our two parties were allowed to tr- both try to appeal to the same um, electorate based on policy prescriptions. But those days are over now. And we're descending into this uh, this squabbling of competing uh, identity interests, and that's what's playing out in the Democrat Party at this point in our history. And it won't last for too much longer. Uh, they don't have um, a large enough um, uh, electorate to uh, to govern, and uh, and all they're left to do is uh, take to the streets and uh, beat people up and set fires and uh, try to disrupt. Um, um, the uh, the Congress, but um, the history of all this is that, of course, uh, in Obama's last year, he nominated Merritt Garland uh, to the Supreme Court, and uh, because uh, the Republicans held the majority in the Senate, they refused to confirm. Now there was a lot of um, flowery rhetoric around, well, we're not going to confirm because it's the last uh, year of this president's term. And we're going to leave it to the voters. But the truth of the matter is, 
um, uh, Mitch McConnell uh, stopped the nomination because they the uh, Democrats didn't have the majority to confirm, and the Republicans don't engage in this sort of character assassination and um, and uh, chaos uh, at these hearings. So they just uh, stopped the nomination. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the president uh, during his campaign. Uh, made uh, the appointment of uh, the next justice to replace Anthony Scalia a key, um, a sort of a cornerstone of his campaign. While Hillary Clinton was promising that if she was elected, she would appoint another uh, far leftist judge to carry on the uh, the Democrats' uh, agenda because they can't, by and large, uh, implement their agenda through the legislative process. They've they've counted on the courts. So she was going to continue to appoint left-wing judges that were going to continue to erode uh, the American people's uh, traditions, customs, values, and uh, and even nationhood. And for his part, Donald Trump, um, he actually put together a list of uh, candidates that he would draw from in order to replace uh, Judge Scalia, all of them strict constructionists, uh, constitutionalists that would uh, that would go by our founders' intent. Uh, that the legislature, um, I mean, that the uh, judiciary not legislate. But um, all of this started, of course, uh, when uh, Harry Reid ended the filibuster for judicial nominations. He didn't apply them to uh, Supreme Court nominations only because there was no Supreme Court nomination at the time to apply it to. Otherwise, he would have. Which, uh, which opened the door for Mitch McConnell to uh, say, okay, you don't want filibusters for judicial nominations. We won't do them at all. And really, that's only right. The, the founders never intended a filibuster. Uh, and they intended for majority to rule, but the filibuster did serve a uh, sort of a useful purpose in, uh, in keeping everybody um, uh, sort of united. Uh, those days are long since gone. Uh, as I said, thanks to uh, Ted Kennedy's 1965 Immigration Act, uh, we're well on our way to um, uh, just a, uh, a nation of uh, squabbling uh, interest groups. There was one Democrat, um, can't recall his name right now, that did have something substantive to say. He pointed out that um, that the five-four majority conservative majority on the Supreme Court had uh, had sided with corporate interests, one hundred percent of the time in their rulings. I think he said it was ninety-five to uh, to nothing uh, on these corporate rulings, and uh, all of these were split five-four, which illustrates a couple of interesting facts. One, our judiciary is quickly becoming just a uh, a branch of our uh, two-party. Duopoly, uh, making decisions based entirely on the ideology of the uh, the president that appointed them, and um, and two, um, we've, we the American people are becoming less and less represented in this uh, this judicial process because um, we've got the Republican appointed judges up there ruling for the uh, the corporatists. And the um, the liberal appointed justices ruling for the social justice warriors. Um, neither of the things benefit. Uh, neither of these uh, this uh, dichotomy uh, supports the interests of the broad base of the American people. Um, 
And uh, and another thing we have to keep in mind here is uh, makes this really hard to understand the Democrats' meltdown is this Brett Kavanaugh is the best they could possibly hope for. There is nothing in his judicial record uh, that would indicate that he is going to be one solid rock rib conservative uh, like Anthony Scalia or um, or uh, or even Gorsuch. Gorsuch uh, was appointed to replace uh, uh, Scalia. Um, Kavanaugh is being appointed, obviously, to um, replace Kennedy, and it's um, it's worrisome that uh, Kavanaugh, based on his uh, judicial rulings, may end up being another uh, Kennedy type who sides with the corporate interests. Um, you know, uh, in those cases, and then sides uh, with those interests that would tend to erode our traditions and customs. On the other, very uh, much in the mold of Brett Kavanaugh. He could even turn out to be worse based on his judicial record. He could turn out to be another David Souter. Um, the Republican presidents have uh, have have uh, wasted so many appointments on justices that have later turned out uh, not to be um, uh, support, you know, uh, reliable conservatives on the bench. But this uh, this Kavanaugh guy. Um, it appears he's got the same sort of paternalistic, uh, noblesse, noblesse attitude that a lot of these uh, liberal um, appointed judges have. He was bragging yesterday about how his his mom uh, taught um, uh, black kids in the D.C. school system and made it sound like, you know, this was some great um, service to mankind, as if black people were unable to teach their own children. Uh, he, he's he's got sort of that same paternalistic attitude. I want to play you a clip uh, real quick here. This is uh, Ted Cruz, uh, who was one of the the best of several uh, really uh, well um, spoken uh, statements from the Republican uh, side um, by by Cruz and uh, and Lee and even uh, even Lind- oh Lindsey Graham. Weighed in and sounded uh, sounded pretty good yesterday, but this is Cruz's uh, from Cruz's opening statement. So, what is this fight about? If it's not about documents, if it's not about Judge Kavanaugh's credentials, if it's not about his judicial record, what is this fight about? I believe this fight is nothing more and nothing less than an attempt by our Democratic colleagues to relitigate the 2016 presidential election. 2016 was a hard-fought election all around. And it was the first presidential election in 60 years where Americans went to the polls with a vacant seat on the Supreme Court, one that the next president would fill. Americans knew who had been in that seat, the late Justice Antonin Scalia, one of the greatest jurists ever to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. And it was the first time since President Dwight D. Eisenhower's reelection campaign that a Supreme Court seat was directly on the ballot. Both candidates knew the importance of the vacant Supreme Court seat, and it was a major issue of contention in the presidential election. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were both clear about what kind of justices and judges they would appoint. During all three presidential debates, both candidates were asked what qualities were most important to them when selecting a Supreme Court justice. Secretary Clinton's answer was clear. She wanted a Supreme Court justice who would be a liberal progressive willing to rewrite the U.S. Constitution, willing to to impose liberal policy agendas 
that she could not get through the democratic process, that the Congress of the United States would not adopt, but that she hoped five unelected lawyers would force on the American people. That's what Hillary Clinton promised for her judicial nominees. Then candidate Donald Trump gave a very different answer. He said he was looking to appoint judges in the mold of Justice Scalia. He said he wanted to appoint judges who would interpret the Constitution based on its original public meaning, who would interpret the statutes according to the text, and who would uphold the rule of law and treat parties fairly, regardless of who they are or where they come from. Then-candidate Donald Trump also did something that no presidential candidate has done before. He published a list of nominees that he would choose from when filling Justice Scalia's seat, providing unprecedented transparency to the American people. All of this was laid before the American people as they went to the polls on November 8, 2016. And the American people made a choice that night. Now, my Democratic colleagues are not happy with the choice the American people made. But as President Obama famously said, elections have consequences. So Brett Kavanaugh is going to be appointed, uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court. He's sort of got a bulletproof uh, judicial record, and uh, he's highly qualified, received a 100% um, recommendation from the American Bar Association. Then the Democrats are going to continue to squawk and scream. You're going to hear a lot about these documents. They claim that they don't have the documents. Uh, and you need to, when you hear that, uh, remind yourself that uh, they produced uh, five times more documents for this nominee than the previous five uh, nominees combined. So it's a bogus argument. What they're trying to do is say, say they're not being given uh, documents from Gort or from um, uh, Kavanaugh's time when he was secretary to uh, George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. No, George W. Bush, I'm sorry. Uh, they're not given uh, documents from the time when he was uh, secretary for, for George H. or George W. Bush. Uh, they will never get access to those documents, and they know it because those are presidentially privileged. They have nothing to do with, with Kavanaugh's uh, judicial um, record uh, whatsoever, but it gives them a talking point. And uh, most people that hear that will think that something's being hidden from them, and that's what the Democrats are trying to represent. It's going to be interesting to watch these um, these hearings go forward. And what's really going to be interesting is to see whether Kavanaugh actually turns out to be a reliable, reliable Republican vote on the Supreme Court. Well, that's about all on this topic. Thanks for listening in. Uh, please like, comment, and share. And if you want to support this broadcast, you can run over to our Patreon page and kick in a buck. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score Reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at 695